This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time to talk some blues hockey. Welcome to the Blues NHL podcast, hosted by former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and former Blues enforcer Darren Kimball. And we got a problem in front of the hog bench. Kimball pulling it, Ronick. Here's Kimball swinging it, Ronick wildly, and the linesman trying to get in between them. Federico stolen from Reinhardt, breaking in to Hunter. Hunter shooting, rebound. Terjana Hall looking for 500. He shoots. He scores. Brad Hall, number 500. Oh, unbelievable oh, save by Jake Allen. Tarasenko in the clear. He scores. And now here's your off-ice official, Jim Cromer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this very uh, depressing Monday morning edition of your Blues NHL podcast. I don't mind uh, using that word only because I am depressed. I, uh, I, don't, I don't really take a whole lot of stock into uh, just saying, you know, nice job or anything like that. That's not my way. Uh, I know there's a lot of people saying, well, this was a throwaway season. They said they couldn't win. The GM told me they couldn't win. They traded away Kevin Shatt and Kirk Dillis. Let me tell you something. When when uh, Mike Yo took over, and this is no slouch, no no slide on Hitch, I got real excited about this hockey team and some of the things. And while while yes, I could be critical at times of this, that, or the other thing, you know, I, I expected uh, this team to beat the Nashville Predators. I did, and it didn't happen. So I am a little little depressed about that. But at the end of the day, um, as Gary and I used to say on this Monday show, we always liked that that Mimi thing of the guy sitting on the bench and he's got the umbrella and he's holding it over the blue note because the only rain is on the blue note. So I'll be that guy because I love him. I'll be there, you know, when the season starts up next October, I'll be at the home opener, I'll be rooting him on, and I'll be thinking this is our year. So uh, no fair weather fan here for sure, but uh, but it's like my brother. I, I get upset with him at times, and, and I'm upset with him today because they lost even though I love him. So I um, want to welcome you guys in. Again, I encourage you to check us out, bluesnhlpodcast.com. That's where you'll find the podcast. Also, the easiest way to subscribe to the show. Uh, lots of you guys have done so. We can tell uh, very easily by when we release the show how many uh, people have, uh, have downloaded it right away. And that's, an, that, you know, that's a tribute to you guys and your love for blues hockey. And, and really, at the end of the day, um, our two co-hosts, who I know you guys uh, tune in each and every week to hear their thoughts, uh, you know, Twitter is great too, and there's a lot going on on Twitter. The playoffs it intensifies, obviously. You know, I like to call it drunk Twitter sometimes, but uh, we love the interaction on there at STL Blues Podcast. Find us there. You follow us. You're a Blues fan. We're going to follow you back. We promise. Sometimes it goes fast and furious. If we miss you, feel free to just send us a, a message saying, "Hey guys, uh, no follow back. I'll get you back. I promise you." Uh, Facebook as well. Just type in uh, Blues NHL Podcast. You'll find us. All we've ever asked is that when you see the show or you see some of the interesting comments, whether they be from straight from the show or from our co-host Jamie Rivers or Darren Kimball, just share them around. Really only in an effort to uh, reach out to each and every Blues fan is we want you all to be a part of what we feel is the best Blues fans podcast in the, uh, in the market. Uh, you know, today, again, I, I can't thank the people at lineupmedia.fm enough for believing in our opportunity to put together a show like this and do it for the fans with a couple of what I believe are the two best commentators on it from a fan's perspective here in St. Louis, and that's Jamie Rivers and Darren Kimball. So uh, as I sit alone in the studio today, because my normal Monday cohort, Gary Henson, was called to uh, golf coaching duty due to <laughs> the golf coach's wife going into labor. So he used to serve as golf coach at McKendry University and then moved over to hockey, his, his real passion. Um, as he's gone today, and uh, we're off schedule with Angela, I sit here alone, but my good friend and yours, Jamie Rivers, would never allow that to happen. So uh, he's on the line now. Let's bring him in and, and get some thoughts. Uh, everybody, welcome in, my friend and yours, Jamie Rivers. What's going on, bud? Hey, how you doing today, Crumbs? Yeah, see, you got that sound in your voice, too, so I don't feel so bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's tough, man. You know, look, uh, 
you know, from a, a former player's standpoint and now a fan and, you know, being involved in whatever which way you want to put it, um, it's difficult because you grow attached to these guys. And, and I can see from a fan standpoint, you grow attached to each and every team because it's unique and it has something to get behind. And there's always a story. And this year had so many stories that I know we'll hit on. Um, and then from my side, it's so many relationships and friendships and things that happen and players that you get to know along the way. And even the younger players that you develop a friendship with and you see them progressing and doing well or, or you know maybe not having the, the best of times and anyways it all rounds out to the playoffs and we're hoping that everybody does well and that they can bring home that elusive cup to St. Louis and you know what as much as we're disappointed I do have to say that uh, I'm pretty proud of the group that tipped the ice for us this year and got to where they did because it was not an easy road. So I got to give them a little moment here and, and tip of the hat to them. Yeah. You know, just, and for our fans out there, just so you kind of know, I mean, you look forward, uh, we have the Monday show that kind of recaps and then we do the bigger show on Thursday. We, you know, we have Darren and Jamie in studio. Our goal for you this week is today just to get some thoughts uh, on the series itself. Maybe, you know, just the playoffs in general, we'll kind of do a culmination show on Thursday, kind of looking at the season. There was, as Jamie mentioned, you know, started out, with some hopes, uh, high hopes always, of course. And, you know, a, a last year, almost like a lame duck coach with an assistant coach in waiting. And, you know, we had the winter classic. So we had, it was almost like a roller coaster. And then things really stabilized. Uh, and again, no offense to, to, to Coach Hitch. I mean, we've talked about that at length, but you can't, you can't argue about the man's success in the NHL and, and what he did. And, and, you know, and I think we at nauseum discussed the fact was it time? Yes, it was time. But, you know, we we need to appreciate what he did do for us, of course, and then uh, and then with some changes, and then you, you know, just by virtue of the business of the of the game, you wind up trading away one of your better players, and you know you're on this roller coaster ride, and it culminates into, and again, we've said this numerous times on the show, and Jamie, I know you agree. You know, it was three months ago. We're sitting here, and we don't, we're not even sure we see a path for us to be in the playoffs, and then, uh, you know, and again, I, I look at this roller coaster of our show. You know, and again, I I know we can't lay it all on one thing or this and that, but who knows what it was, right? A letter from a five-year-old boy helps Jake Allen find his confidence, along with maybe one of the greatest goaltenders to ever played, winds up helping him a little bit. But he finds his confidence, and he puts the team on his back. Some other guys step up. Mike Yo comes in, puts in the system. Bang. Next thing you know, we roll right through Minnesota, head into Nashville, and that's kind of where the buzzsaw happened. Uh, you know, what's your initial thoughts on that roller coaster ride and, and the playoff scenario? Well, you know, my initial thoughts on the roller coaster ride are welcome to the new NHL, ladies and gentlemen, because you're going to have a lot of these ups and downs and crazy things that happen. And it's, it's just not the way it used to be where you have a roster of 20 four guys and there's maybe three or four guys that turn over every year. It's going to be a lot of change every year. You got young players looking for long-term contracts. You got older players looking to still get contracts. You've got coaches that need to keep jobs. You got goalies that are, you know, flying around or getting traded left and right. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. And I think the quicker we can try to, wrap our brains around the fact that we're really not ever going to be able to wrap our brains around the NHL. I think the better it's going to be, but you know, overall, you know, Chrome's we talked about it so many times this year. Last year was a fantastic year. I think we got as far as we possibly could with that team. Would I'd like to see the Stanley Cup final. Yes, of course, but I thought that team got us as far as we could. And then I think expectations right after that were, wow, next year's the year. And then reality hit of, well, we're not going to have, you know, player X and player Y and player Z on the team again. And we're bringing in another guy. And all of a sudden there's coaches that are gone and Hitch is still here and new coaching staff and new coaches in the minors and, wow, like within three weeks, it was a complete 180 of the organization. And now we're looking at a whole new scenario for the St. Louis Blues. Now, fans and staff alike 
were optimistic that this could be a really good hockey team. We were going to focus on speed and quickness and puck skills to take us to that next level. Um, and it, it just didn't seem to happen for whatever reason through either, you know, new combinations of lines or chemistry that maybe wasn't there. And then of course, Jake had his, his ups and downs and mostly downs right near the middle of the season. Uh, and then coach hitch being the, you know, I don't like to use the words lame duck, uh, but for him being, you know, on his one-year contract and literally one foot out the door, that's tough too for the players to respond and react to, you know, whatever he's trying to sell at that moment because all these kids and players know that he's gone. You know, next year, you know, it's not going to matter. And so I think that Doug Armstrong did the right thing by basically saying, "Okay, never mind." the off season. Let's do this now. And he made a change of coach and as popular or unpopular, depending on who you ask, I think it was a right move. Uh, obviously Ken Hitchcock's a hell of a coach. He didn't take him very long to find another job. And I can tell you what, he's going to be breathing down our necks for the next couple of years. as He tries to get the Dallas stars going. <laughs> um, but Mike, Yo, certainly uh, a guy that had, I guess some question marks surrounding him. You know, can he be a head coach? Can he be that coach in waiting? How is that going to work out now that he's a head coach? And, you know, I said this before and I've said it on TV and I've even said it to Mike himself that he got the, the bonus of being able to one, watch his team for half a season under Ken Hitchcock. And then two, he got to coach this team for half a season of bonus time because he wasn't supposed to take over until next year. So he got a chance to see all of his guys this year. And boy, did he ever, because he called up guys from the minors. We had guys from everywhere in the lineup at one point due to injuries and, and crazy things like that. So he got a chance to see everybody. He got a chance to really implement what he wanted to put in his, his systems, his style of play. And I think we saw the benefits of what he can bring to the table. And what I really liked was his willingness to engage the players in positive and negative ways, but right there on the spot, engage and talk to them, inform them of what they did good, what they did bad, brought up on the board, show video quickly, whatever it was, it was like, bam, here's a situation, nothing personal, just a bad play, move on. And I think that that really helped the Blues as a whole. I think the team got to figure out quickly what the expectations were. I think they uh, obviously, in my opinion, over-exceeded expectations coming down to the wire at the end of the regular season. And then uh, in, a, in a Minnesota Wild series where it seemed like they were outplayed for at least half of the series, still managed to come out of that with a great five-game series win there and play against the national predators team. They were coming hot off a four nothing sweep of the Chicago Blackhawks. So really when you look at it, there's a, it's a real tale of ups and downs and all arounds for this blues team. And, you know, for them to get to this point today where we're even discussing the fact that, wow, they did really well. I think we should as a fan base really take a moment to appreciate and, and be happy where we ended up as opposed to where we could have ended up with this regular season. And, and certainly there would have been no playoffs in my opinion. You know, it, I, I do want your opinion on this. What if they didn't make the playoffs? What if they went in full rebuild mode? What if they maybe even, I don't know, uh, maybe let Berglund go uh, or traded him at the deadline and, and, and who knows, even made another move or two, you know, how do you, as a player and then now, you're, you know, you you fill such an interesting role here in St. Louis, Jamie. I mean, you everybody knows you're to some degree involved with helping in some way, shape, or form. Then you do analysis, and then you have to come on here and you go on so many radio stations and you give your opinion. It's like I I don't know how you do it and yet keep everybody happy. I mean, really, to be honest with you, but you know, how do you think that route would have went versus now? I mean, you know, it's almost like. There's there's an old Garth Brooks song about the dance, you know. I guess you wouldn't have had the pain, but you you know, but you would have missed the dance. So, 
is what would is either one would have it would have it have been better? I mean, maybe is it better for the fans because at least we had the playoffs. Obviously, it's better financially for the club. But in your opinion, in that scenario, was that but would that have been better or worse? Well, first off, here well, I think we have to. What I'd like to clarify is you're right. I do a lot of these things that I'm intertwined all over the place, and yet it's somewhat confusing even to myself sometimes. But I think the only way I stay out of hot water is. I try to be a hundred percent honest all the time and it may not always be popular and it may not always be, you know, the, the best answer or the best critique, but I'm being honest. And I always feel that if I'm being honest, at least I'm being true to everything in the process and you may not agree with me, but you have to respect it. So that's one way I try to keep myself out of hot water being honest. Um, now, as far as the blues are concerned, uh, you know what? This year, not only did it have a lot of stories within our organization, but there's a lot of stories around the league. You know, you're looking at uh, the Las Vegas franchise coming in. And so with an expansion draft, you know, there's a whole other side of strategy to some of these free agents and, excuse me, some of these restricted free agents as well that, you know, you're going to place some guys on there that you may want to have picked. And then you may put some guys on there that you know are never going to get picked because of their contracts. And so it's, it's really weird. Some teams will use that as a way to possibly um, take a contract off their hands or a player that they're no longer satisfied with. Uh, and then other teams will utilize it as in, we know that if they're picking X amount of players and we throw this guy on here that's a $6 million tag, they really can't pick him up. In all honesty, they can't pick him up because they're not going to fit him in their cap space. So it's like, you know, it's weird how they do it. Um, so that certainly plays into things. Uh, you know, I, I don't feel like the Blues needed to tear the walls down and do a full rebuild. Uh, you know, I think that maybe early in the season when they – I don't think they're trying to sell us on this. So we're just changing direction, you know, changing philosophy. Realistically, in my, in my opinion, it was kind of a soft rebuild on the fly. You know, they were trying to put in some younger guys into older guys spots. And I don't want to say disguise it because it wasn't like it was dishonest. I think that they really believed that they could go in a different direction and that these players could fill those roles. And if they could great, because, it's part of the future. Um, now, when some of those ideas or concepts maybe didn't work out the right way, then, you know, you end up with, I guess, some issues where you, you're not winning as many games, you're not as successful, or those players aren't excelling in those roles like you thought they might. So it's difficult. Uh, I'm not a fan of the complete strip-it-down rebuild because I do feel that that's kind of unfair to fans because you're asking them, to stay loyal in a time where you know there's no hope and spend their hard-earned money on a team that you know there's no hope. Now, there will be down the road, you know, but that's like anything else, you know. Like, oh, yeah, one day you might win the lottery, but we want you to keep spending all your money anyways, even though we know you're probably not. And so I don't, I'm not a fan of the full rebuild. I do like um, the way the Blues did it. Uh, I think next year they have to continue to make strides in that direction. Like we've got to get a few more players that are solid. Here. Like I think we're going to see Barbashev for sure in the lineup next year. Um, you know, as crazy as this might sound, Zach Sanford for me, I think he, I think he needs a year in the minors. I really do. I think he was too young. I think Washington, not the Blues, Washington made a mistake of keeping this kid in the lineup. He, he was. He's too young. He, he's not matured enough yet physically, and he doesn't have the size or the muscle on that frame yet to play the way he should be to be successful. So, you know, just my opinion, of course, but I think we we should see him in the minors uh, marinating a little bit and then maybe halfway through come up and be the player he really can be. And then, of course, the Blues have some big decisions to make up front. We, we have to find a way to get more scoring one way or another. And I think the obvious thing is we have to find a quarterback to the power play. Um, you know, Kevin Shattenkirk, still a hot topic, uh, but 
there was only two ways to keep to deal with him. One was trade him and get everything we could back in return from Washington, which is what we did. Uh, and the second one was to re-sign him to a huge contract that may have handcuffed us down the line with other players and other situations. So, you know what? We made the decision to trade him. Uh, I think we saw in the playoffs the value that he would have brought to this team. But, you know, at what expense? How many years of difficulty may that contract have caused the Blues down the road? You know, all these are unknowns. But So for me, that's kind of where we're at. I think we're in actually a really good spot because, like I mentioned earlier, Mike Yo, the coach in waiting, is no longer the coach in waiting. He's had half of a season as a head start to know what he wants to do next year right away with his team. Yeah, you know, that's that was the last thing I was going to ask you. You know, so Mike takes over the team, finishes out the season, you know, really, and in, 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 I'm not going to call it a mad dash, but it wasn't like we limped into the playoffs. I mean, we basically charged into the playoffs and went from being out of the playoffs into the number three seed to where we, you know, I, I was like, wow, you know, to where in the second round we wind up getting home, a home ice advantage. So, you know, I'm sitting here going, I'm sitting here going, you know, that wasn't just a limp into the playoffs. I mean, we went into the playoffs hard. And what I got to say was a positive, and I'm sure this is the one thing that we'll, I'm sure we'll address this on Thursday. But for me as a fan, the one thing I must say is it's not like we, we went charging into the playoffs and then laid an egg in the first round. We went charging into the playoffs, and we basically beat, you know, one of the top teams all year long. Now, they did scuffle towards the end a little bit. But, you know, they got their game back together and threw everything at us but the kitchen sink. So – I was happy about that for sure. Um, yes, I will agree, you know, in your assessment that Nashville appears to be a buzzsaw type team. They roll through Chicago, which nobody expected, and then they kind of, you know, they gave us all we could handle and more, and now here they'll go into the next round, and I'm sure it'll be a handful for whether it's Anaheim or Edmonton. What a crazy series that is too, by the way. But, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know – that I'm not as excited about the fact that Mike Yo, what he did with this team and now has an off season to kind of say, okay, now that we can take a breath, let's see what we have. Let's assess how it went down. And now what are our pieces going forward and how do I use them best to help this, this club? And then, okay. And I would have to assume that he'll also say, okay, where are we deficient and how do we become less deficient at those, those, those positions? Yeah. You know, and I, I as crazy as this is going to sound, but I often, use this as an, I guess, an analogy or comparison. I should say, bring, give me a great carpenter. Don't let him bring his tools to the project and you just provide him with whatever the hell you have laying around the yard and you ask him to fix your house. And that's like what it's like to be a coach when you get a team that isn't yours and you inherit it or you're brought in to do a job is you can do the job and you can probably figure out how to use the tools that are available to you, but they're not your tools. And so for Mike Yo, he's going to chance, have a chance to go to the offseason. He's going to go home. He's going to get into that snap-on toolbox that he's got at home, that nice shiny red snap-on toolbox. and He's going to pick out the best tools he's got to do the job next year. And that's the advantage he's going to have moving forward is that he knows the pieces, he knows what he's got to get, he knows the tools he has to bring to complete the job or at least make the job better. Uh, for next year and the year after and things like that. So that, that to me, like you said, that's going to be a big advantage of knowing what, what he's got and having, knowing what he's had to do this year in order to make it work. And he'll have an answer for uh, a lot of those questions that may have popped up throughout this last half of the season that maybe he wasn't quite ready for. Yeah. Like I said, I, you know, I don't know that, um, you know, if there's, how do I say this? If there's one thing I know is that I, of all the things that Blues fans out there may or may not have to, and I'm not even going to say complain about, but the one thing they're probably really looking forward to is a full season under Mike Yo, strictly because what he did was, as head coach, you know, he basically, you know, for one reason or another, found a way to get this done. So that should be one thing heading into the season that sometimes you hear grumblings about because we as fans are going to lay it on somebody, right? We're going to lay the blame somewhere. Well, I doubt very much too many Blues fans woke up today and the first thought in their mind was, we need a better coach. Yeah, no, I don't think that that's the case at all. In fact, uh, you know, quite honestly, Mike Yell 
for the next little while while he's in town, probably probably shouldn't have to pay for a dinner anywhere around town because he did one hell of a job because this is a fan base that was headed to uh, or, or going to be tasked with you know, wrapping their brains around, we're not going to make the playoffs. And we were just in the Western Conference final. We're not going to make the playoffs. Like, that's where we were headed. And to finish, like you said, to get to third in our division, not even a wild card spot, get home ice in the second round and make all the noise that we did. Uh, it's a credit to the players for sure, but it's a credit to the coaching staff, not just Mike either. You know, Mike's the hell of a job, uh, but Steve Thomas and Rick Wilson and Ray Bennett as well. These guys and Sean Farrell in the video room, it takes a team uh, in every aspect of the game. It takes a team to do it right. And, you know, they did a great job of utilizing what they had at their disposal to the best of their ability. And Mike Yacht, I think he brought a youth to the, to the room, a sturdiness. You know, he, he's not a guy that gets pushed around at all. He's going to dig his heels in and he'll meet any challenge. And if someone's got a problem, well, God damn it. I tell you what, he'll step to him and ask him what the hell the problem is. And, but at the same time, be the first guy to come right down and give you a pat on the back and say, that's exactly what I'm talking about, you know, and compliment guys. So it's that new age coaching where there's a fine line between being a player's coach and just being a player's friend. Um, so I think he found a pretty good way to, to go about that. But yeah, you know what? There's a lot of things that came into this, you know, we're just now surfacing are some of the injuries that the, the boys had to deal with. And, you know, we all know Paul Stasny had, had a foot broken foot before all this started and he battled through it and got in and got the play. And in my opinion, it was one of the factors they got as far as they did, because without him in the faceoff dot, my God, it was going to be a freaking nightmare. And I can tell you personally from just doing stats in the last series that almost single-handedly did he take over that series in the face-off got against the Predators. So he was a valuable guy. And then a guy like Alexander Steen, that guys, his foot was broken before playoffs even started. He'll say game one. We'll give him that. But I know from a couple people, it's broken before. And he played the entire Minnesota series on it. And... Then he throws his foot out there in game four, same foot, same area, and takes a slapper off the foot to make a block shot. Goes off, limps off, comes back, finishes a game. Can't go the next game because it's too painful. Comes back yesterday to play, and I thought he was pretty effective. Um, but there's lots of little bumps and bruises that go beyond that. I'm sure more will surface as we get through the next couple of days of cleaning up the lockers, but People need to stop and appreciate that, you know, you've got the leadership of Yo and his group, and then you've got the leadership of Petro, who played fantastic, by the way, and I'm sure we'll hit on that on Thursday. Uh, and then you have Alexander Steen, Jake Allen, Paul Staff, and just character, character, character. As you're looking at that, that, that's a pattern that's forming. And people need to be excited that finally, over the years, we've developed uh, a that food chain that has a lot of character as you work your way down through the lineup. Um, yeah, I, again, I, I'm looking forward to Thursday's show. I know that, you know, got, you know, yourself and Darren will both have, you know, I mean, this is still fresh and you've been extremely busy with everything you've been doing, but I'm excited to hear, I don't know if I'm even excited because, you know, I never know what's going to come out of your mouth, but on Thursday, after you've had three or four days to say, okay, you know, now that I've had time to reflect on this, here are my final thoughts on this season. But yet people, you know, and again, this is kind of where we're at. People are already wanting answers, and they want to hear from you and Darren, your thoughts on a, on a variety of things. And we did get some of that yesterday. People, you know, how would you address the power play debacle? Uh, what do we do to improve the team and finally be out of a 20-year transition? Uh, playoffs are over. Who do you think will be going to Vegas? So we got a lot of questions that fans want answered, and we're going to address all you know, we'll send out something to all you guys out there. Uh, we'll take as many as we can. Typically in this, this instance, just so you know if you're listening, a lot of people will ask the same style of question, so we'll probably just generalize them up because it'll probably be a lot of the same stuff. But there's probably at least four or five good questions that Blues fans want answers to or want your guys' opinions at, at the very least. So we'll do all that on Thursday, and, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, before you go, as we do each and every Monday, we got to talk about the actual game a little bit. 
Um, I'll give you my thought. I thought the first period, I it, it, it minus the first ninety seconds, I thought the Blues played one of their best periods, and I had a lot of hopes. And then we kind of took some bad penalties. And I don't. And that while they didn't score, I really thought it really disrupted our our momentum. And ultimately, now I know we lost by two, but one was an empty netter. But ultimately, what we lost was another one goal game. So, you know, again. I thought our first period was great. Your thoughts? Yeah, you know, we came out guns a-blazing, realistically. I mean, uh, in studio while watching it, I thought we need a huge start, and it can't just be, oh, a good start. It has to be productive. We have to get points on the board in the first period. We have to do it before the other team. And we came out early and scored, what, 204 in the first period, a big goal, and it was a goal that – Quite honestly, everybody had talked about, I know I had talked about and heard from several people, uh, getting pucks to the net with traffic and battling away and scoring a little bit of an ugly goal. And I thought that may be, at that point, the theme for the day because they did it early and they had did it, uh, you know, the last game with the Pareko shot, Schwartz deflection, and he buries a rebound, the Ashkin rebound. So here I am thinking, oh, this is going to trend and we're going to start putting these ones away. And then I'm not sure exactly what happened, but Nashville started to box out in front of the net. And they got some some strong D, some able D, uh, some big boys. They were able to box out in front of the net. And then our shots throughout the rest of the game, and if you ever had a chance to look at a shot chart, they started coming from further and further out towards the wall which means that they're protecting the middle of the ice very well. And kind of like our Minnesota series where, you know, Jake got shelled by shots, but the shot chart itself showed that more and more of them were starting to come from the outside, which played to the strategy of what Mike Hill and his staff wanted. Um, so start seeing signs of that, which were slightly concerning because Pekka Rene is a, an elite goaltender, one of the best in the world. And if we're shooting from that distance, can be tough to beat them, and especially if we don't have anybody in front of the net or can't get there in time to cause a distraction. So, so a little bit of a swing that way. Um, and then, you know, the breakdowns uh, on the goals, uh, defensive zone stuff. And, you know, unfortunately, Dimitri Yashkin uh, played a great game here in St. Louis the other night. Uh, he gets inserted in the lineup against Nashville. He didn't have a bad game, played a solid game, or adequate game, however you want to put it. But the goal that they scored, Roman Yoshi, is it's his guy. It's his guy back door. And you can see where Alexander Steen and Patrick Berglund kind of go for the same guy on the wall, and they both go to challenge Ekholm. And Ekholm, who's a defenseman himself, feeds the puck through right by Yashkin to the back door, which is the defenseman, which is technically Yashkin's player. So a little breakdown on coverage there, and do you chalk it up to the fact that, well, maybe it's just his second game in the last 12, you know, and his second playoff game and back-to-back playoff game. Um, it is what it is. It's a 1-1 one, one game at that point, and we're going back and forth, back and forth, and then – for whatever reason, whether it's fatigue of the brain, the body, and all the above, we end up with, you know, Paul Stasny and Colton Pareko standing almost side by side on a pinch play where Nashville's able to chip the puck by both of them, and then it's off to the races with, unfortunately, two of their best players. And Pareko does a hell of a job trying to get back and back check on Johansson, just can't quite get there, and when he gets that puck, uh, makes a real great move at high speed, and Jake has no chance on it. So, you know, at the end of the day, Jim, there it is in a nutshell, is two small breakdowns were the difference. And then, of course, the Blues were pressing down by a goal, and they gave up, what, three breakaways after that, which, sure. you know, shouldn't go on unmentioned that Jake Allen made those saves. So, yes, no, it's... you know, all in all, I thought that, I thought they played well. I thought they played hard. They just couldn't get to the net like they did right away, and they couldn't get to the net often enough to make a difference. And just a couple of small mistakes is what it takes. And it's amazing. People watch the game like, ah, they're so boring. Or, ah, you know, people don't know the game that is. Ah, how come they're not scoring? How come they're not doing this? 
Well, it's because the checking is that tight that here we are right now, able to isolate two mistakes and it cost the game ultimately the series over that. So it's crazy when you think about it sometimes, but when you, when you break it down and try to simplify it, there it is right there in front of you. Well, again, I, you know, we can, I hate, I don't know that they're all identical, but the games seemed fairly similar. I mean, they were tight, a lot of hitting, um, you know, great saves by Allen, keeping us engaged, great saves by Rene, keeping them going. I mean, it was, again, you know, and and I know Darren, our buddy, will say, I told you guys these were all going to be one-goal games. It was going to come down to a mistake or a great play or something like this. And, And at the end of the day, isn't that typically what playoff hockey is? Well, it is, you know, but then you, it's funny, we say that, but then, you know, we flip the channel or wait a little longer and you turn on the Edmonton Anaheim series (laughs) and it looks like it's been a time warp back to the late eighties. And, you know, you got a game that's ripping back and forth with bodies flying everywhere and goals going in left and right. And, uh, it's, it's funny. It's like every, and we've said this before, I'm sure that you and I and Darren, I know Darren and I have said it, every playoff series holds its own story and the story may not be the same for that team that keeps advancing their story. Every round might be different. And that's the unique thing about the NHL playoffs is because of your opponent changing, you know, you might be in a defensive series one series in the next series, you might have an Anaheim Edmonton thing going on. And then another series, you might have a bloodbath going on that you didn't expect. So, uh, you know, it holds true that every series has its own story and that's why it's so amazing to win the Stanley Cup and be able to tell the, the whole group of stories together. Well, again, I you know, as a Blues fan, it's okay to be disappointed. I mean, it's well within your right, even be a little upset. But I thought you brought up a lot of great points today of things that we should be encouraged by, things we should be proud of, frankly. If, if, if you're a real Blues fan and you love this team, knowing that guys are going out there with broken feet and, and injuries and, and all that and giving everything they have and – you know, I'm no different than anybody else. I'm probably yelling at the screen and the guy's out there with a broken foot and doing his best. And at the end of the day, that's why he's not given maybe the effort I'm used to because he just can't and, and he's out there doing his best, whatever the case may be. I mean, it could be anything, I guess. But my point is uh, I, I, I would have to say that if I – I guess sitting back and having a day almost to reflect on it, I look back and I think, you know, they went from – I'm sitting here going, they they have no chance of being in the playoffs to giving themselves a real opportunity. They did. They gave themselves an opportunity to go to the conference finals. Uh, I've got to be I've got to be okay with that today. I think I really do. Now, as a fan, do I want more? Of course I do. I mean, this town is just dying to make it into that Cup final. It, it and as Blues fans, I think we've earned it. I mean, we want it. We deserve it. We're loyal. Uh, and you know what? Um, I'm going to believe every year that this is going to be the group that's going to do it. So uh, I'm looking forward to hearing from you guys on Thursday. And then, of course, I know you and I talked off air about, you know, how we're going to approach the offseason. Some of the neat things we may have planned for our listeners out there. And, you know, just in an opportunity to become more educated, uh, to learn a little bit, to think a little bit about the things that that maybe this club just might have in place to, to help us make that elusive run. Well, I'll tell you what, Jim, I think that, like you said, I think you're only human and you're normal if you're if you're a passionate Blues fan, a, a former player, anybody to do with the St. Louis Blues at all. Uh, I think, yeah, you're allowed to be upset. You're allowed to feel bad because, yeah, we're not hoisting the cup. There is no parade down market this year. But I do feel that you got to feel bad for the right reasons, which is because we just didn't have enough in the tank but that the future does look really bright right now. And that, you know what, it might be, it just might be sooner than we think that we're down there on Market Street with that parade and fulfilling that dream of everybody here in St. Louis. So I think be mad for the right reasons. And then certainly, of course, hold on to hope that uh, one day we'll all be down there crushing beers on Market Street. Well, uh, crushing beers is an understatement. If that, if when this when and I say when this team wins the cup, uh, p- people don't know that you like to send out quite a few fun. Uh, what do they call the uh, gifts or memes or whatever they are to me and Darren? 
Uh, you've sent a few oh, yeah. that I could see going down on Market Street if this team wins the if and when this team wins the Stanley Cup. <laughs> uh, hey, just saw something come across that uh, Blues clean out is tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. You and Armstrong will be available for the media afterwards. Uh, my my assumption is is we'll learn some things we still don't even know about, um, and, uh, and and be even more prouder of this team. So, like I said, uh, Jamie, I, we appreciate you so much coming on and giving your thoughts. Uh, before we go, though, um, and again, I, I like to to give as much opportunity to this as possible. Can't thank the guys over the family, the, the Nelson family, NelsonLandServices.com, for their support of the show uh, here when they jumped on through the season. Their phone number six three six two four four five six five one. They're really embedded here in your community. They're a great hockey family. Uh, you know the great story. Their son is committed to Gary over at McKendry University to play hockey uh, for the Bearcats. Great story. Professional landscaping company at reasonable cost. They they provide competitive lawn service at an affordable rate and top notch professional services. They are a five star locally rated landscaping company. Great friends of yours and Darren. I know they've they've been involved for so long and all the things that you do. Uh, that, you know, very appreciative. And we want you to show uh, some appreciation to them as well. All they're looking for is an opportunity for your business. They're really asking you just to go to nelsonlandservices.com and take a look at their work and what they can do. Give them a call, 636-244-5651. A special shout-out to your friend Sean Vincent and the Vincent Mortgage Group. Remember that you can chat live with a loan officer at vincentmortgage.com. Get the information you need instantly. Visit vincentmortgage.com. Click chat with a mortgage expert. You'll connect live and in real time to one of their professional loan officers. They will help you figure out the best way to reach your family's financial goals. Get pre-qualified for a home loan in less than five minutes. You know the number, 314-839-9999, or visit vincentmortgage.com. Great supporters of the show and St. Louis youth hockey in general. Jamie, I know um, it's funny. We were kind of talking that you have a, about a moment, maybe two moments to breathe, but then you're going to hop right into your camps, your training, your lessons. I know there's all kinds of little blue stuff going on. Uh, tell our listeners to learn all about what you're doing with Synergy Hockey and all the great things happening with uh, youth hockey. If you want to give a quick, like, hey, this is what's coming up first, go here. So why don't you hit that? Yeah, uh, I guess number one thing would be go to SynergyHockeySkills.com. Check out the list of stuff we have going on currently as far as lessons. And then certainly after that, summer camps and other lessons, our performance training program. And actually, Jim, for all of our, our listeners and our fans who are over on the Illinois side, who are over in that East Alton area, right now we could we could use some help with that camp. We we got a lot of great hockey players over in that area. I don't know if we just maybe don't know it's we're having a camp over there. Larry Thatcher over at East Dalton Arena has a lot of information about it. But if they could go out to the website, check it out for the East Dalton camp and, and sign up or give me a call and, and talk about it. But we'd love to fill that camp so we can get on the ice over there in Illinois and, and, and go over some of this stuff with you guys. Yeah, no, we got a lot of great uh, Blues fans and, and supporters of yours and, and that over here. We'll get on that here with the show and, and help promote that. I know Gary, you know, obviously he's from this area. He's been uh, big in the hockey community over here. We'll get Gary behind that one as well, and, and, and we'll assist in that effort too because, like I said, I know we appreciate the, the time that you take each and every week for the show. Synergy Hockey's done so much for St. Louis Youth Hockey and, can, and will continue to do so. So uh, we'll get on that right away as well and, uh, and keep moving forward. But looking forward to you coming in on Thursday, as I know it'll be a, a, an interesting show. Uh, you know, I, I, know that, I know the tact you'll take with it because you, you like to put that GM hat on. Uh, I'll be interested to hear what, yeah. our, what our buddy Mr. Kimball has to say. He's a little more straightforward and, you know, the proofs in the pudding type guy. So I'll be real interested. I may have to put a divider well, in between be you guys. To see what size of the hat he brings in to wear. Oh, boy, know? here we go. They don't make GM hats that big, do they? I heard that they took his hat down to Eureka and they just put it down there for the flooding and took a bunch of the water. So, you know, kudos to Darren for lending his hat to do that. Gee, Christmas. Like I said, I think, you know, if, if, uh, if we get somebody else in here on Thursday, I'm going to sit them between you two that way. They can play buffer. I'm tired of it. <laughs> hey, uh, good stuff, my man. I really appreciate you, and uh, and I know our fans do as well. Uh, we'll send out some stuff on Twitter, so I'm you know I'm sure you'll need to be prepared for for a few questions on Thursday. But I know you wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, we appreciate you very much, and we'll talk to you soon. You got it, buddy. Thank you. 
That is uh, the great, and I do say the great Jamie Rivers, and I, you know, I, I use that term minorly loosely with him, only because um, he's a good friend, but he's also, you know, he's a passionate blues fan, just like the rest of us. But I meant what I said earlier. I find it interesting how he keeps that role so separated. I mean, you know, one day he's down there helping, another day he's critiquing the team on a on a radio show. Then he's dissecting the team on this show. He's at home looking at tape, and then he's on camera after a Blues game talking about the game and breaking it down and, you know, looking for positives but also trying to give a, an honest opinion of maybe where we're going wrong. Or and, and, of course, always very happy to talk about when it's going right. Um, you know, just an interesting thing, and we are so lucky to have him because, like I said, it's for him it's more than just an opinion. It's an educated opinion along with passion and along with general knowledge and thought. So, Again, happy to bring him every week. Um, I was excited when uh, we talked about doing the show this year and where, what we were going to do. Uh, all set up through my friend Darren Kimball, and, and that's how we met Jamie. And Darren, I, I will—I you know, don't mean this in a bad way at all. Darren really surpassed my expectations for what I thought he would bring to this show. Uh, you know, Darren has carried the mail on here and and really taken over the conversations at times, and really, um, you know, where my anticipation was maybe he'd have a lot of fun with it. He, you know, Darren can talk serious hockey and it's just really impressive. And and like I said, being a part of this and hearing these two guys, it's been great. And I look forward to the continued uh, partnership we have and, and, and moving forward. Like I said, we have some great ideas of some things we're going to do in the off season to, to keep you guys interest peaked a little bit. I know now a lot of people are saying it's baseball season, but if you're a true blues fan, it's blues hockey 12 months a year. Uh, and especially if your kids are involved. So make sure you check out synergy hockey skills, Dot com for that as well. Uh, all right, time to uh, break this thing down a little bit and go over and talk to some of our our weekly contributors on the Monday show. So why don't we take a quick uh, a quick run over to Angela Sharp as we you know as we like to get her on here and get her excitement level and get the show up a little bit. Uh, even in a Blues defeat, I know that we can count on her to be awesome because that's what she does. She's awesome at being awesome. Let's welcome in Angela Sharp. Angela, how are you on this dreary Monday morning? Man, you no, know that was an unfortunate loss yesterday. But you, you guys know we've been talking about this forever. Back in January, we didn't even think we were going to get the playoffs. So you know the Blues put a, a good run in during the first round, and you know at least won some games against Nationals. Chicago couldn't do that. So let's be a little bit positive, right? Well, what I, what I hate the most, and this has happened to me a, a couple times now, uh, more recent years, is ending the season on an away game. I hate that. I, I I don't know how people would feel about that differently, but for me personally, like yesterday we were at a watch party, you know, having a watch party for the fans, hoping to bring the guys back for Game Seven, and it just it just feels even more deflated when it happens while the guys are away. Yeah, I got to be honest that that was one of my thoughts as I watched this thing unfold. When you know the Blues win that Game Five at home, which you know I felt confident they would do it, and when the game was over and I was sitting there watching it, the first thought that went through my head was, man, it's going to be wild. Going to be absolutely wild if they make it to a Game 7. So, Oh, my uh, gosh, yeah. A Game 7 would have been epically loud, and it would have been amazing. So it really is kind of you – know, I mean, it's always sad when, when the season is over, but it's definitely sad when you know that the Game 7 would have just been amazing. Well, again, I, you know, I wanted to uh, – you know, there's really – we could beat the dead horse today, but – the purpose of this show today is to just kind of, you know, be grateful that we take a, took a team that, like you said, I mean, I, we didn't even know three months ago we were going to be in the playoffs. But I do want to say thank you to you. You brought so much to the show. Um, you're, you know, people love to hear from you because you have a great pulse of the fans. We're grateful that you were a part of this thing each and every week. Uh, our hope is that you'll continue to do so. Uh, we are going to do some stuff in the off season that we want you to be a part of and want you to continue to, to, to grow your own fan base as well as help us grow ours and, and be a part of it. Because, again, you're, you do. You have that, uh, that, that ability to take a rough day and make it great. Oh, well, you're so sweet. I mean, I have, I have one of the best jobs in the world, so it's pretty easy to, to, to have a good time doing this. And I love, I love hanging out with friends. I love blue hockey. I grew up with that. So this is just it's been a blast to be a part of the well, again, I know fans always look forward to hearing from you on our show each and every week. You add a variety of things to us. You give us that, 
you know, you give us something that some don't have, and that's a female perspective on the game. I know hockey tends to sometimes, and, and sports in general, uh, takes on a male uh, persona. But the reality of it is there's tons of female fans out there, and, and they have an opinion, and they have a voice that wants to be heard, so you provide us with that. You always provide us with a positive outlook, even when times might be not so good. And you do have an interesting way of looking at the game that, again, provides what all we try to do is give people as many thoughts and opinions about the game and then let them kind of make their own judgment and their own, um, uh, uh, their own theories and, and feelings and, and let them go. But you're very good at it. We appreciate you. Um, any, uh, any thoughts as we head into the offseason? Anything that uh, stands out in your mind particularly that, that you want to mention before we go? I mean, I'm just, I'm just really down that, you know, for the next couple months, we have to have blues hockey to really focus on. I mean, yeah, there's going to be some things happening in the off season, but I'm just really, I'm just really down. So, excuse me out and about, come say hi, let's talk some hockey, you know, keep the hockey thing going because I'm, I'm going to miss it for the next couple months. Well, we will miss you as well, but uh, we're going to, we're going to be calling you and getting your thoughts whenever we have some topics and, We'll give you a heads up on that. We won't call you at the last minute and say, hey, what do you think about this kid? Or what do you think about this? We'll give you some heads up, but we're looking forward to your it continued involvement. It might be more fun if you do it that way. It might be more fun if you just yeah, do it. You know, we gotta, you know what? Although this is podcasting and not radio, we got we to gotta keep it somewhat sane. You know what I'm saying? I don't know that we want to go that route. But no. <laughs> no, hey, listen, you're a big part of what we're doing here. Uh, you've brought a great element to our show. We want to say thank you to you. And uh, just let our fans know that they will continue to be able to hear from you uh, going forward. So, uh, Angela, thank you so much. Um, again, uh, just wanted you to just wanted to say thank you today. And and again, if you have anything ever, you let us know, and, and we'll find uh, we'll find some time to get you in on any show you want to be on. Sound good? Oh, that's awesome! I appreciate that. Thank you, guys. And if anybody has a job for me, uh, we've got the next couple months open. So. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Hey, one last time, tell our listeners how they can find you. Um, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. It's just my name, but my mom spelled my name funny. So Angela has two L's in it, and Sharp has an E at the end of it. You can follow me on all those things. Well, I appreciate you very much. Look forward to our continued uh, collaboration in the future, and give us a Let's Go Blues one last time. Uh, yeah, I can't wait for September. Let's Go Blues! That is Angela Sharp, and again, she's awesome at being awesome. So, uh, you know, looking forward to our continued relationship her, with her as well. Uh, when we asked her to come on, it was because we take being a fan's podcast very serious. Nobody has a better pulse on the fans than Angela, as she's so interactive down there. I know you guys enjoy uh, what she does, and, and I we saw her over at a playoff game, and everybody's yelling, Angela, Angela, come over, you know, and they're taking pictures, and... You know, people just want to be involved in a Blues game. It's a great atmosphere and a great time. She does a great job of trying to involve as many people as possible. I know we appreciate her and uh, look forward to her continued involvement in the Blues NHL podcast. Another guy that will give you a great feel for the pulse of the fan, uh, especially the fan that's uh, both knowledgeable, educated, opinionated, and not afraid to stick it out there and say, hey, this is what I think and this is something that I want everybody to think about is our friend Bradley in his St. Louis Game Time Report. I've talked about it at length. It is the paper that you can get before each and every Blues home game right out front. Look for the vendors. We try to share the stuff as often as we can so that you guys are aware of it and know about it. We've had so many of you guys contact us and say, hey, I had seen them out there. I didn't know what it was. I grabbed one. I really enjoy it. Uh, you're right. It is different. It's different than what you see or hear on traditional radio or in a, in a traditional newspaper setting. It's really good stuff. I know it's awesome. Uh, and you guys uh, have really taken to it as well. And we do look forward to Brad and his report each week. So let's go over to him now as uh, uh, here, curious what he said. You know, anytime I get these from him and the title is Seasons Over, that tells me <laughs> this could go a variety of ways. So let's see what Brad has to say today. Hi, this is Brad with the St. Louis Game Time segment of the podcast. Uh, we're Game Time, the paper that's sold outside every Blues home game, online at stlewisgametime.com, at Twitter, at St. Louis game time. Well, I wish I was talking about a game seven. I wish I was previewing a game seven, but it just didn't happen. Friday night, uh, I I had a feeling that we'd have a game seven. So the start of the game on set on Sunday, game six in Nashville, I thought there would be a game seven, and then things just got away. You know, four four Predators power plays in that game six versus one for the Blues was a bad sign. 
the fact that the Blues were one for 15 on the power play uh, at that point after they, they had their one power play and didn't convert. You know, the only power play I think they converted was a five-minute major on Vernon Fiddler early in the series. That was a bad sign. And then, you know, the Blues had to to pinch in a little bit more on defense. You know, I think the second Predators goal happened when Colton Pareko was kind of stuck, where he was kind of pinching in, kind of not allowed a two-on-one two uh, chance the other way, and the Predators converted. You know, Jake Allen stopped a lot of breakaways and two-on-one two chances in that game. I think the Predators had at least seven or eight. Uh, and, you know, the the goal, the glove save he had on uh, Philip Forsberg that Pierre Maguire at the time said, you know, that could be a changing, a turning point in the series. Well, yeah, but you, you gotta, you gotta make some things happen. And, uh, you know, it's, it's disappointing, but it's not devastating. Uh, you know, I think anytime you make it to the second round and you're one of the final four teams in the conference and eight overall in the entire national hockey league, it says something, you know, making the second round is, is an accomplishment. And, you look at the teams that are left, you know, Nashville, Anaheim, Edmonton, nobody really keeps you up at night worried about, oh man, the Blues really don't have a shot. And it's almost like, you know, a changing of the guard. And there was an opportunity there to, to, to get back to the conference final for the second time in two years, which, you know, they haven't done. And I don't know, you know, I think I think at the very start of the season, we talked a lot about you know you want the going to the conference final last year as a stepping stone towards something. You want it to be progress towards that ultimate goal. Here, you know, the end of the fiftieth anniversary season, that ultimate goal, and things just weren't set up that way. I mean, from the beginning, letting the guys go in free agency, trading Brian Elliott, bringing back a team that really was not made for Ken Hitchcock and bringing Ken Hitchcock back just was not the best way to approach this, this uh, golden anniversary. And, you know, I think that altered expectations. And then, you know, there's the uneven play and they end up firing Ken Hitchcock and Mike Yo had been there looking over his shoulder, not the best situation. There were just lots of little decisions where you, you wonder why they did what they did. The coaching is one of them. The coaching and waiting is another. You know, some of the contract extensions, you know, Alexander Steen's contract kicks in after this year. Jake Allen, which now seems like a really good decision. Man, December and January, though, did not seem like a good decision. Uh, you've got some extra years left on Laterra and Bo Meester and, you know, some money tied up in those guys. You know, I think everyone, I think a lot of fans were happy with the Berglund extension. After this playoffs, I'm not so sure. A lot of folks were happy with David Perron's play over the regular season. He's got another year left. I'm, I'm not sure fans are going to be happy about that, the way he played in this playoffs. Uh, it, you know, obviously getting eliminated, it paints a lot of things in a negative color. I just feel like with how the deck was stacked against them, how the team was built, the coaching of the team, the coaching decisions, things that happened, this group persevered and became the third the third team in the Central Division and then won in the first round and, and made the final eight, the final four in the, in the Western Conference. And you wonder if some decisions had gone a little bit differently if they if they traded a pick for for a veteran player who could who could have maybe um contributed down the stretch and in the in the playoffs when when guys were hurt if they if they tried to improve themselves at the deadline maybe things would have gone just a little bit different who knows and yet this core group of players still took the blues this far and that you know that really is heartening but also frustrating in that you know what? It feels like a waste of opportunity. And and I think that's the bottom line. You know, the Blues finally have uh, probably their best goaltender, you know, considering age, performance in the playoffs, uh, that they've had in a long time. And, and goaltending isn't a question at the moment, which is tremendous. That top line was Paul Stasny, Vladimir Tarasenko, Jaden Schwartz. They are really good when they're healthy. I, I really wish... We could have seen Paul Stastny at 100% 
not taking that shot off the foot and broken foot late in the season, misses misses uh, some playoff games against Minnesota. I, I wonder how healthy he has been the last couple weeks against the Predators. And then obviously we hear Alexander Steen broke his foot in the first game against the Wild, and he's been playing with a broken foot every playoff game since, only missing one game late in the, late in the Nashville series. That's amazing. I wish we would have seen a healthy Alexander Steen and what he could have contributed uh, to this Blues effort. I don't know. It's um, Like I said, it's, it's frustrating. We've been here before. Every single year, but it you know I think expectations were lowered, and uh, I think I think fans saw that this probably was not a championship caliber team, but they could make some noise and send some team home some teams home earlier than they wanted to. They did that to Minnesota. That was a fun ride. I just wish we could have seen things go a little bit differently and 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 had things uh, play out a little bit differently. You know, if they if the Blues could have figured out a way to to negate the Nashville defense a little bit, I think this this series still goes on and maybe even turns a little bit differently. But you know that's hard to do, and and they've got some really good players back there on the blue line, and they really were the difference. And I, I wish the officiating had been a little bit different. And uh, you know, it's all uh, it's all hindsight. So uh, I I I uh, I don't know. It's like I said, it's frustrating, and I think if you're listening to this, you're a diehard Blues fan, and you know how frustrating it is over the years, and you just wish that, you know, one of these days, one of these playoffs, things go a little bit differently, and we're talking about going back to the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time since 1970, and uh, and really, truly contending for a cup, because, you know... There are a lot of great hockey fans, a lot of people who have been dedicated to this team for a long, long time. And uh, I, I really want to see Blues fans celebrate. I want to see this ownership group. You know, Tom Stillman and the investors in the ownership group, which is a, a cattle call of, of, of up-and-coming business people and established people and uh, some of the hallmark companies that call St. Louis home. They have stepped up, and, and, and the Blues have spent to the, to the cap every year that the Stillman group has been in charge. And, uh, you know, I, I would love to see them celebrate too because they really have put the position, the Blues in a position to uh, to compete every single year. They've, they've made the playoffs every year that uh, Stillman's owned the team. So, um, you know, I, I don't usually talk about owners that way, but, you know, he's as much a fan as you or I. And uh, I want to see him celebrate. So maybe next year, maybe a couple years down the road, I don't know. There's there's some young guys coming up that could be difference makers. Uh, The Blues have some decisions to make. There's the expansion draft. There's the draft coming up. So lots lots to look forward to this offseason. Even even if the Blues aren't active in free agency or making trades, there are some decisions to be made and some things that will happen, and some younger guys hopefully will get a chance and, and help keep improving this team and help keep expanding that young core they talk about. So that's all for me. I appreciate you listening. Uh, I'm Brad with St. Louis Game Time. Check us out. We'll have all sorts of stuff online. Uh, we'll still be making wise-ass jokes on uh, on Twitter all summer. Uh, check us out at St. Louis Game Time uh, at uh, www.stlouisgametime.com. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Good stuff as always, and again, I look forward to their continued involvement in the show. I love anybody that's that passionate about blues hockey that they want to make it their their life, that they want to revolve what they do around it and and have fun with it, but at the same time say, hey, we're, we're providing something to what we feel are blues fans that really love the team just like we do. So, again, loved adding them to the show. Look forward to their continued involvement, and we wish them luck as they are doing more and more stuff every day for their Blues fandom. So their radio show, everything that they do is great stuff as well. Um, for all of you out there, we appreciate you and your involvement in our show and, and your uh, your help in growing the show. We've said it since day one. You guys are the reason the show has had success. You guys will always be the reason for the show's success and your willingness to share, get involved, uh, and and again, ultimately, at the end of the day, just be a Blues fan because that's all we want anybody to be. We are. doesn't matter that these guys, to, to my right, have played in the league and, and suffered through playoff series just like the one we just went through and had ups and downs and did a variety of things. At the end of the day, man, we're all just Blues fans, and 
we all have an opinion that we're all entitled to. Uh, just trying to open up the mind a little bit and learn something. And, and again, everybody's going to feel the way they feel. And I know as a Blues fan, it gets frustrating. We want that Stanley Cup. We want that parade. I know we feel like we've earned it. But, you know, it's like I always say, do you think those guys in the locker room didn't want it? So let's, uh, you know, let's, let's try to keep it positive. Let's see what changes the, the club has in store for us going into the offseason. And, again, I know this. As upset as I was last night, come October, I'll be right back down there rooting them on and hoping that this is the year that we have the parade down market. Um, for everybody here at lineupmedia.fm and, of course, for the Blues NHL podcast, we encourage you to check out bluesnhlpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at STL Blues Podcast. Go to Facebook and like our page. We are the Blues NHL Podcast there. And again, we encourage you to check out lineupmedia.fm and all their great entertainment value. They take your entertainment time very seriously. Give them a look-see. I guarantee you, you will enjoy something on the fastest-growing podcast company on the planet. This is your host, Jim Cromer, for Gary Henson, uh, my normal Monday co-host, again, who I, uh, I hope is doing well as he ventures back into golf coaching for a week. My two co-hosts, Darren Kimball and Jamie Rivers, of course, our contributors, Bradley and Angela Sharp. We will see you guys on Thursday. Let's go Blues! This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.